0: Welcome back to another episode of Gamer's Guide to Ecology, where I play popular open world RPGs from an ecological perspective. I'm Jesse D, a master's student in ecology and evolution, and an open world RPG gamer. On today's episode, I sit down with my friends Andrew and James and chat Subnautica Gameplay, where it fits in with other notable RPGs, and why we play video games that scare us. You can follow along with my playthroughs on Twitch.tv slash D on Thursday and Friday nights from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined again by my friend Andrew who's a counseling psychology master student and an avid gamer and a new guest today James a lab mate of mine who's studying carpenter bee aggression. Andrew thanks for coming out again tonight how you doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely looking forward to it. This is definitely one I've got a lot more experience in than Red Dead so should be a should be a good episode.
0: Awesome. Yeah. James thank you for joining us. How are you tonight?
2: I am doing great. I am very excited to be here. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know what I'm talking about when it comes to the game, but uh, I know about Ecology, so that's half of your title, <laughs> and that's got to count for something.
0: Yep, well, that's what I am for. Every week, somebody that knows one thing about one of the other things, and, uh, you know, me in the middle, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew, you've played Subnautica. For sure. Um, how did you find it? Did you like it? Um, yeah. Did you dislike it?
1: Um, so here, here's the thing. I haven't had a ton of experience on PC before. So when I got a good computer and I started kind of fiddling around with Steam, I uh, started to kind of figure out what different games there are out there. Um, I could be incorrect on this. Maybe it's for Xbox, but I don't think I ever saw Subnautica on PlayStation. And that was my main playing platform from before, so um, when I got to PC, I knew it was a super popular game, Um, was recommended by Alex, who was on the previous episode, and yeah, I just kind of jumped in and didn't really know what to expect, hadn't heard a lot about it, but it was pretty cool, it's a, you know, crafting game, it's very marine based, there are some, like, terrestrial time spent on land, but I'd say like 90% or more is almost, you know, kind of in the water, or in your base within the water. So uh, yeah, definitely a really neat game. But uh, yeah, I just kind of stumbled upon it. How about you?
0: Yeah, uh, same thing with me. Alex recommended it, uh, probably like my first or second week of grad school with him. Um, He was like, uh, he found out I played video games. And he was like, have you heard of this game called Subnautica? and uh and i was like no what's it about and he said it was like minecraft but underwater (laughs) um and i was like i can drain freaking hours of minecraft like i gotta check this game out um and he did he refused to tell me anything about the game uh because he didn't want to spoil it he had already beaten it or it had it was about to i think he beat it that week that i started playing it um so he was living like vicariously through me basically of of like getting to hear my experience of it uh well, he had already done it, um, so so it was kind of cool because like I could ask him questions about things and he would be like, oh, you know, if you make bleach from you know salt and and coral or whatever, uh, it's worth fifty water instead of twenty. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome! I yeah, didn't know that. <laughs> super helpful
1: in the early game.
0: <laughs> yeah, he would give me like little pointers about that, um, and and I would be like, I don't know where to find the prawn suit, and he's like, you got to go to this oh. place. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, because again, I it was one of those games where I didn't want to, you know, go online and like Google stuff and find out like, you know, where are these plans for this thing? Because of the open world idea, I didn't want to spoil it for myself. I, yeah. I wanted the adventure. James, uh, what kind of gamer are you?
2: So when I was younger... I was the type of gamer who played when I went over to my friend's house and that was it. So I was never very good. Although I did have a Game Boy and I played hours upon hours of Super Mario in the car by the streetlights, you know, the (laughs) huge, yeah. despite the fact that it made me extremely motion sick in the car, but it was totally worth it. I
0: know that feeling. So
2: (laughs) it's only probably in the last like few years that I've actually like started playing games myself and you know, had like the sudden realization that like I don't need to go over to my friend's house to do this. I can just get it myself and do it there. <laughs> and play online with my friends. And it was like yeah. kinda like a weird realization <laughs> to have at you know the age of like twenty. Um so <laughs> yeah. so I guess that's the that's the kind of, I'm a casual gamer, I'll go with that.
0: Okay. Okay. And when you play games, what is it you're looking for in a video game? Are you interested in uh, like suspense, mystery? Uh, Do you like a good story? Do you like the side quests? Uh, Andrew loves side quests. I like collecting things. I'm a completionist gamer. There's some people that do speed running, things like that. Or you're more of a generalist. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I, I would say like the generalist. I I don't know, I've, I've played, you know, tons of different games over the years and it's sort of, I wouldn't say there's like a trend in like what I like in a game, sort of just, I play it and if I enjoy it, I keep playing it and uh, that's about it.
1: What about like um, a type of game then, like what, what have you found yourself coming back to maybe? Um,
2: I've been going back to Battlefield a lot lately just because my friends play it and I have a lot of fun. Sure. Um, playing with my friends on that. Also, I like, I guess I like strategy games as well.
1: Yeah. But, uh, Jesse, going back to some of the categories you were laying out, if you are a speedrunner or if you're interested in speedrunning, I think Subnautica actually could be a really fun twist on speedrunning.
0: It is very popular. Have you seen the hacks that some of these people do?
1: Uh, no. So, like, the, I'm sure, because, like, from the speedrunning experience I have, like, if you've ever watched a GDQ, like, games done quickly, they're like a charity stream that does stuff on twitch and they'll do stuff um on youtube as well and they have like a backlog library and uh, i watch a lot of stuff there because it's kind of fun and you can support charity while you're doing it um and i know there's like glitch lists and then any percent runs and like there's a kind of like all these categories so i'm guessing this is like an any percent or a glitch run like through subnautica
0: yeah so um so i watched one guy do it on youtube uh where he exploited the glitch where if you delete the door that you just came in, and then leave it again. Um, it thinks you're still in the base, even though you're outside in the water. So instead of floating oh. in the water, you fall to the ground like there's gravity pulling you down. Oh, okay. And so, um, so you can just run everywhere. You don't have to worry about oxygen anymore. Or depth. Yep. Nothing. No, we're just running. Uh, so they <laughs> they did that, and that was like the the glitch of like never touching water. Um. Obviously, it's not true because you're like running in the water. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool to watch. I personally don't game that way. I I find that would be like a, a glitch if that happened. I would like close the game and open it again. I'd be like, this isn't right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah those speedrunner guys are pretty cool. And then there's also a creative mode. I don't know if you know this, Andrew, but there's a creative mode where. I'm pretty sure you can still do the story if you want to, but it's meant for like basically people who just like building and they build these like elaborate bases. You don't need any, um, there's no inventory. Uh, you don't need any resources. You can just build, you know, whatever you want. So those are pretty cool too, because, uh, people have these like crazy underwater bases. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> One guy built a base from the shallows all the way down to like the end game. And, uh, it like crashed his computer when he wanted to load it because there's too many pieces. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah there's That's a video wild. on youtube of that of like him taking you on a tour of his like of his base he decided that because it was crashing his computer he chopped it so that he had to leave his base for like i don't know like a really small distance he put two hatches like really close together um and that solved that crashing problem Uh, but Uh, yeah that was pretty wild uh his like tour on youtube is like a 15 20 minute video (laughs) of him like okay this is how i did it and let me take you on a tour and he had to like fast forward the video to like (laughs) show it all
1: (laughs) to actually show it all yeah Yeah. yeah. that's so intense It it was cool yeah, so just for James and any new listeners that aren't super familiar with Subnautica and some of the systems, um, you know, it is super Minecrafty. where you're finding titanium, you're finding lead, you're finding, um, like, glass and silver and copper and, like, all these minerals. And as the game progresses, you have this ability to scan certain items that you find out in the world because you crash land on this planet. So from the very advanced spacecraft you're in... Pl- From the emergency pod you're surviving out of, you kind of scan the refuge and you start figuring out you can build your own, you know, secure base within the water. And there's all these different choices, right, Jesse? So, like, you get the ability to build, you know, kind of larger things that may house vehicles like the moon pool. And you get opportunities to make kind of more of a generic hallways and sleeping quarters and you know, all these different things. You can put solar panels on it to continue get it power, so it can power all your, like, little items and crafting materials. Um, super crafting-based, though, so if you've ever played any craft or craft-like uh, games, it's actually very important to remember, like, recipes and go through your menus and make sure you have the ingredients you need to kind of keep the game rolling, or else you can kind of get really stuck behind inventory losses or not having what you need
0: yeah like you can create a huge backlog by just needing like one piece of copper um it's brutal yeah. yeah i mean there's no mass crafting like minecraft has mass crafting now where you you know you put 10 things in and you get five things out um yeah quality of life yeah it's yeah. a little bit um i think on pc it's better because you can just like spam uh the button um sure i play on xbox though so it's clunkier um, yeah. Okay. But I like I like the feel of I don't know, it's more video gamey to me to play on a on a on a console. Um, but maybe that I just say that because I don't have any PC games. <laughs> so maybe when I switch, when <laughs> I finally enough. switch over to PC, I'll I'll have a different opinion. But. Um... So, Andrew, one quick question I wanted to ask you. Okay. uh, Last time we chatted, you said that you were a gamer that really enjoyed side quests and their story connections and the rewards that they give you in-game. Sure. Did you find that Subnautica fulfilled that for you?
1: So, Subnautica has this kind of ability of indirect, quiet protagonist storytelling. So, it's almost something I would equate to a story like Zelda, or you know something along those lines where like yeah you're Link and you're doing all these things but Link doesn't really talk right like you maybe can like respond with a quick like button prompt to continue the story or or continue your interaction with someone but Link's not having these cutscenes where he's explaining his ideas and how he's going to save Zelda or how he's going to you know go to the Goro or whatever right so um, that's what was very interesting about Subnautica is that you are this quiet protagonist like you are this person um, you don't really know much about the ID if I'm not miscorrect uh, on that or misinformed so it was kind of interesting to experience the story through these things called PDAs which basically they're like these little kind of info dumps and audio files that you get recordings from People from the spacecraft that crashed here, people that were living there for an extended period of time, and, you know, it gives you a lot more information about the background of the planet you're on, you know, you are learning so much more about it because you crash landed there, and it is, I'm pretty sure, almost an entirely covered by water planet, so um, there actually is no real land masses so a lot of the people that have been surviving there have been figuring out how to live in that different ecosystem so a lot of the story going back to your question that i really enjoyed was figuring out like who were these people that were there before you Going into their structures that were abandoned, uh, going into these kind of bases that were way more advanced than what you could build or, you know, that had something different or had different technology. um, It it was really neat. I, I did like that. I liked the environmental storytelling and that was very different. And I think that's the thing that kind of sticks with me with Subnautica and makes it feel super unique is... That ability to have the story be told through the setting.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing that you touched on that I think Subnautica is missing is is it's missing the narrative decision making that a lot of video yes. games have, uh, mm-hmm. where it gives you as a player a chance to affect the gameplay. Uh, based on your decisions which is what Red Dead had uh, and it was great you know you could be a bad guy you could be a good guy but for Subnautica because it's like an exploring game the almost the main plot felt like like a side quest you know like exploring was your main plot Mm -hmm. but then the plot that they put in the in the world for you to find it wasn't really pressing for you to like go and investigate and to solve it was just stuff that you you know if you weren't interested in it you stumbled upon it you're like oh I didn't know this was here that's cool yeah so I think that if Alex was here, he would say, you know, it's a perfect game for him to just like peace off and do whatever he wanted. To. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, just go off into yeah. the wilderness and do whatever yeah. you wanted. James, you you've played the game or no?
2: No, I've never I've never played the game. Like, yeah, I'm I'm terrified of deep water and caves and. So yeah, this game just horrifies me on every level.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. Um, It's actually like, I don't find the beginning very scary, but like mid game was the scariest part. Late game when you figure everything out and it's like, you know, you're not going to die or get hurt from things. It's not as scary, but like it arcs so hard from like you're in the shallows, coral reef, You know, it looks like you're in the, uh, what is it, uh, east or west coast of Australia, big coral reef kind of, you know, all these like, oh, colorful little things, and oh, there's like these little things that kind of explode. That's a little scary, but mostly everything's cool. And then you just start going deeper, and shit gets weird real fast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you think you're safe. Uh, Yeah,
2: not, not, not my cup of tea.
1: So, James, have you played... A game like this before does this interest you is this kind of up your alley or what do you think about this kind of variety
2: um honestly I don't think I've no I haven't played any games um like that before although it does interest me um it was one of those things where like I was looking at it um very recently because Jesse was talking about it and I was like yeah this is all of my nightmares rolled together in one but I kind of want to try it Uh <laughs> so.
0: James is a last-minute guest because uh, he posted a question on Twitter today. And then we got chatting in the messaging Twitter has. And he told me about his uh, fear of, like, darkness and, and the water, deep water. Oh, Jesus! And I was like, you got to come on because we're talking about it. Oh, that. yeah. So that's kind of a, a cool thing that I wanted to, to ask you both about is, like... So being afraid of the dark or the ocean or, like, unknown is very common. Yeah. And, James, you touched on touched on it earlier that like you know you're, you you want to try it but you're afraid like what makes you afraid of those things do you know
2: um well when it comes to when it comes to water I feel like it's the unknown because I actually really like being in the water I like swimming I like you know the beach the the lake the the pool all of the above but there's just like any time I'm, I'm in the water where like, I can't see the bottom where I know it's deep where I know there's like you know, stuff underneath me, the, the idea of like not knowing what's underneath me is like truly, truly terrifying on some level. And then, yeah. And then when it comes to like caves and stuff, just the idea of like getting trapped in there and like not being able to breathe because there's water in there. And like, that just like revs it up to like a whole nother level in my opinion. So it's like, I feel like it's different things for, for different people, obviously, but at least for me, it's like a mix of like feeling trapped and just feeling feeling like completely out of your element completely powerless like like humans aren't really designed to be in the water really so it's not our element it's not my element at least definitely
1: um this is an interesting one too like this idea of you know why why do we play a game like this or you know that what you led with about that idea of why do we play fear-based games or this idea of, like, a suspense or a horror? Um, I think, you know, this could either be really helpful to you in, in building up a tolerance or resiliency to that, or it could just be really triggering. It could be one or the other, you know, from more of, like, a psychological perspective. Like, um, I, th- I think a reason that people play these games is to feel success and to feel achievement or accomplished in some way of of like beating the challenge you know um or some people really like the idea of getting scared and kind of like having fun with that or you know reacting to that and i know there's a whole kind of youtube brand on on that type of uh, entertainment but you know i like jump scares yeah, like jump scares or, you know, like people like to tune in to see your reactions to that kind of thing. Uh, for me, though, like, yeah, there there were certain times where I was actually legitimately scared playing this game. And it's not a horror game. It's I don't think it's designed to be, uh, like, fully scary. I think it's suspenseful. I think there's moments of suspense, um, but it's not designed to, like, actually, like, terrorize you or to, like, trigger you mentally. However... You know, there are some really dark moments. There are some, like, n- things where this game throws you into an environment that is super survival-based and gives you almost no rules no guidelines. Um, and, like, if your problem is, like, running out of breath, I'm pretty sure this game almost incentivizes you to basically black out from oxygen deprivation. Like... <laughs> Many times because you're like pushing it to try to get resources and going back to either your sea moth, this little underground thing, or sorry, underwater, you know explorer that you can jump in super not physics based and somehow recreate all your all your air um, or you get breach the surface and you can breathe right but uh, there's this mechanic where like when you're at like zero or two oxygen left your screen just starts going black and like coming smaller but you can still move so if you like keep your button held down and you hope you break the surface of the water you'll you'll hear your guy go and then your whole screen will come back to life and you can see everything again it's it's actually a really kind of uh neat mechanic a little bit
0: of a rush when you get that yeah when when the screen is completely black and you think it's (laughs) over and then you get to the surface and you're alive you're like wow that was close that was as close as you want it to be
1: yeah absolutely um so yeah i think i play this game to feel accomplished to you know kind of put myself in that situation how i would like to do it and you know sometimes it's just kind of fun like I don't have the skills to be like, you know, aquatic like that, to be checking all these places out and, and some from an exploration standpoint, which is also a reason why I like playing games. You know, you can explore so many different biomes, like different things, new creatures, alien life forms. It's not totally based off of, you know, like Earth's rules or like, Jesse, maybe you can explain a bit more about that because that was a question I had for you of like, does this mimic... Uh, biomes or is it kind of like realistic in a way of how we might scientifically experience our own oceans or or a significant or similar areas
0: um so i'm not uh, an expert in marine biology at all um there is uh, a youtuber i can't remember her name uh that does subnautica from a marine biology perspective and like 100 percent check that out because it's a blast cool um but I, I, I mean, I can say that the, that the depth of the ocean is, is almost like, I mean, it's accurate because parts of the ocean are super deep, but it's almost considered shallow based on, based on what we know about the deepest parts of the oceans on earth. Um, because, you know, like par- portions of the ocean on earth are, you know, 10 kilometers deep, 11 kilometers, I think is the maximum depth. Um. So 11,000 meters, this game clocks out at about 2,800 meters. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, you can't go any deeper. So, so in that sense, um, you know, it's pretty realistic, but they, they do know that life exists that deep in, in earth's ocean. So if it did in, in planet Four Five Four Six B, um, you know, it might look different, um, uh, but it might mean, maybe it's similar to what we know about life on earth at that depth. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that we would have such a diversity of of underwater biomes uh, spread across you know twenty eight hundred meter depth. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. And I'm, I'm sure the colors would be more um, muted. Or there would be less plant life. No light gets down that deep, right? So, mm-hmm. so any life forms down there would be you know benthic, bottom dwelling recyclers. Like they would eat decomposing materials and and whatnot. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Um, I would I would love to be a marine biologist, but it's um, it's not something that I've had the opportunity to do. And uh, I feel like I'm a bit late to the party because <laughs> I already have a master's degree in in ecology. So so I yeah. Just get another one. Yeah. Why not?
2: Just go for more. I
0: don't even live near an ocean, so I don't know. What I
2: don't know. University of Guelph has a marine and freshwater, freshwater biology <laughs> uh, undergrad.
0: Yeah, freshwater biology. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think I think that the diversity of life on Earth is equatable to what they see in Subnautica. It might be, you know, because it's a, a video game. Obviously, they want to make it more exciting and and more vibrant for the player so everything is a bit more condensed, right? Like, the, the populations are extremely dense. Large populations of fish in a small area don't necessarily exist um, in real-world oceans. Uh, they You know, they're more spread out. Um, fish to school obviously but but there are more predators in subnautica and you know larger numbers the density of predators is higher. It wouldn't maybe necessarily be considered accurate because um, you know if they hold territories and stuff they would sure. be encountering one another more frequently and and you know they might run out of food because all of these predators have to eat something um, so so in that sense, like the the ecosystem balance seems a bit off, but that's that's just video games. I think they do that. Um, if everything was modeled according to the density uh, that that one might expect, you know, it would be just vast ocean, empty blue, and you'd yeah, have nothing's the going on.
2: <laughs> So if I might interject briefly here, so when it when it comes to like most most land ecosystems right like you you expect there to be like a lot more of the small animals right that'll eventually feed relatively few major predators. But when it comes to coral reefs on in earth, you can end up with the opposite where because the small fish can breed so quickly you can actually have like a higher density of top predators like sharks on some coral reefs as compared to fish so that that particular mechanic I don't know it's, it might just be a, a mechanic of the game to make things more interesting but you can that is at least in some areas of earth can be can be quite accurate
0: well that's good to know because uh, so in one of the in the ecosystems in game um, the uh, creep vine forests there's like these stalker mm-hmm. animals that are basically like uh, alien sharks and you know, there could be 10, 12 of them in one area that I was like, this doesn't seem real. <laughs> but that's good to know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that you say that, I, you know, I can picture the guy sitting on the bottom of, of the coral reef with, like, pieces of fish in his hand and, like, 30 sharks swimming around mm-hmm. him, so. Going back to, I just thought of something, going back to what, why people might play video games that scare them or why people might play Subnautica in general, when I was first playing it, the first time I played it, it was scary. Like, not in the sense of, like, this is a horror movie or anything, like you were saying, Andrew. But um, fear of the unknown, uh, like, of not knowing what's going to happen next, of, of um, you know, it says go to this new biome. You go to this new biome, you don't know what's dangerous and what's not.
1: Yeah, you don't know.
0: Because you're, you know, you're exploring it for the first time um but there is a point where the game where you conquer uh you know either your fear of the ecosystem that or the the biome that you've entered and you realize you know okay figured it out what's dangerous what's not okay i know where to get air i know where to get you know food and water and stuff and so it becomes you become less afraid of it because it's more familiar to you And eventually, you know, you can build these machines. There's one called a prawn suit, which is literally just a mechanized robotic suit that you walk around in. that has got air inside it. And you're in this, like, impenetrable armor suit, basically walking around. And suddenly you're no longer afraid. Like, you, you know, you feel safer. You feel like, you know, I'm invincible. I can do anything. So, yeah, there is a point in the game where because it becomes familiar to you and, you know, more routine that it's, it's suddenly not, a, you're not afraid of it anymore. So if you go back and you play it a second time, it's markedly different. Like, you know, it's more fun, I think, to play it a second time because you know what to expect. And I mean, I shouldn't say it's more fun to play a second time. It's different, a different perspective to play it a second time.
1: Yeah. Well, Jesse, what you're kind of explaining too is the um, pro- like natural progression of the human experience though. Right. Like, I think if you gave Subnautica to a kid, um, and I don't mean like, you know, a super young kid, but like somebody that's like seven to 10, because it's not supposed to be necessarily a scary game. It's about like exploring, right? Um, and it's not really like very violent and unless you're getting attacked by a fish, but it's not like, you know, anything over the top. But I don't think that they would actually be as scared because there's this mechanic or you know, pathways of the brain when it's growing to, seek out information and to be more curious about exploring and trying new things. And, um, I think that, you know, certain people may have like a maladaptive sense of exploring or doing those things, but you know, more naturally we're kind of programmed to do that. And I think we lose that as we get older and find the things that we're good at or find the things that we do a lot of like work or like school or whatever. Right. Like, um, you just get used to that, like you're saying, but like when you're not used to exploring and putting yourself into this absolutely alien biome and like going down this place and not knowing what to do, I, I think this would actually be much scarier for an adult than it would be for a kid.
0: Yeah, true. Because I guess like, as a kid, your imagination is limited by your experience. Um, <laughs> and you have sure. less experience. So in that sense, your imagination is like, condensed and you're like okay i can expect these scary things because i have seen these scary things before uh but as an adult you know your range of scary things is much broader so you're like i have no idea it could be one of these things (laughs) yeah And, uh, and so yeah that's uh you know it just makes the bag of mystery bigger
1: that's very true um, until you meet the leviathan class creature, and then you just absolutely freak out because this is like you're not prepared for what this game shows you. You're not actually supposed to run into them. I think technically, like you, you can realize that these creatures exist. There is a creature uh on this world. This is how the game boxes you in because it's basically an ocean. They don't give you an edge. You can literally just get in your sea moth, you know, this observer kind of tank thing, and just boot it all the way to one edge of the map and just keep going um however you're gonna run into these leviathans is how it kind of keeps you in the general play area of the game and it's i don't even know how to explain it it's a mix between a whale and a snake and uh maybe like i don't know jesse help me out here like a spider face um it has this
0: it's, they're like centipede bodies. Almost, centipede. They don't That's the word I was looking
1: for. They don't no. have legs. But, but then they're they like digits. hammerhead yeah. shark heads. Yeah. And you got those weird um, heads. And they're faster than any vehicle you have. and so they're supposed to catch up to you and they're supposed to basically destroy whatever vehicle you're in so uh yeah have fun with that don't go too close (laughs) to the edges um that's when I got super scared because I didn't realize that was the game boxing me in until later on I thought it was just I encountered something I had never encountered before so that was when the game got really scary because I was like is this thing just going to keep following me and destroying my stuff like what do I do here I haven't died yet in this game I don't know what happens when i die yet so uh yeah it was very interesting sorry
2: can, can i wear it back for a second did you say spider face as in like it has like a face like a spider
1: it's got like um, and maybe you'll know that the correct terminology here, James Slash Jesse. Um, but it has like a like a mandible. It has like these like little I don't know, like digits like coming out of its face. Yeah. Like what one of the classes it looks like anyway, like the extra Reaper. teeth or something. Yeah. And it like grabs on to your ship and like shakes it terrifying that's all i remember this thing literally just zooming up to me first first in view just destroying my observer sea thing that i had just created i spent like hours getting the materials ready for it was brutal
0: <laughs> the scariest part of when the reaper leviathans attack you the, the ones with the face pelps, it orients your your ship so that you're facing directly into its mouth so you yeah. have to look at it trying to kill you. you like <laughs> it never bites it. you from behind so that you can't see it. It always attacks you from the front. So you're just like all I can do is flash my <laughs> lights at you at this point. So like eventually you can get defense mechanism to like, you know, electrify yeah. it and it'll drop you. But at the beginning literally all you can do is just like on off on, oh, off, no. on off or like get out of your CMOF and and just watch it get destroyed. Yeah.
1: And try oh, to swim okay. away. There oh, you yes. go
0: fun fact it's rated uh it's rated 10 plus everyone 10 plus
1: okay there you go yeah that's what i thought okay yeah because it's not supposed to be a horror game i think it's just like if you are scared of things in the water then it's very scary well i was like
2: i was thinking to myself i'm like i'm like my biggest fears are like water small enclosed spaces like caves and then spiders and i'm like well at least there'd be no spiders in this game and then you're like it's got like a spider face and i'm like oh no <laughs>
1: no it's the group <laughs> of james creature like this is like this is this is going up yeah maybe don't this, play this game james, if no. three
0: strikes for you james i don't think this game is for you yeah i
2: think that's maybe, it. <laughs> maybe this game's not for me
0: there are there is a um a land creature called um cave crawlers those four-legged things with the big eyes they like jump at you oh yeah
1: yeah,
0: yeah. um they kind of resemble spiders but they don't really hurt you they're just more okay. annoying kind or of anything um
1: <laughs> It kind of reminds me of like a small side table that somehow just jumps at you. Like that's what it looks like. It's it's like circular and flat, like little disc, and it has four legs. And it just kind of like scuttles and will, will like jump right. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. It's kind of comical. Oh no, not scu- <laughs> yeah. The, the word is just itself. Uh, no, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. So Jesse. Give us, give us your 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 take. Um, I know you kind of sometimes review the games in some of your other episodes, but what do you got here? Um, bring us home, maybe, and, and let us know, like, what what you did, what you didn't like, more broadly, who you would recommend this game for, and I don't know anything else you think is important about. Okay,
0: this game. well, first of all, what I did like is the freedom to do, to freedom to explore, freedom to uh, progress the game at your own pace um there was no pressure whatsoever um like there's a couple timed events but it's not necessary that you complete them in a certain amount of time it's just that if you want to see the cutscene that's going to happen you have to be somewhere at a certain time um or in the vicinity of that area uh so so i liked that freedom um but at the same time i also like games that have a bit more story Mm -hmm. to them I would have liked it if um uh if I could have done, you know, some more like cuz they they give you like microscopes and like sciency play things, yeah. but like in the description it's like non-functional. <laughs> I was like, "No, I want it to be functional." <laughs> like I wanted to try to like solve the disease. Um I guess that might be a spoiler for James, but uh so there is a disease on the planet that you acquire and you're sick and you have to like figure out what's causing it and then escape. Um so I wanted to figure out what was causing it, but then that's just like part of the story. So you do it on on your own, but I was like, no, give me the science. I want to do it. yeah <laughs> so, I mean obviously they can't code that into the game, but um uh I was missing the dialogue between characters. Yeah, there, was that no was definitely there was no decision making. There was no decision making on the part of the character in the sense of like character trait progression or character progression. For instance, Red Dead Redemption Two had a great character progression. Arthur Morgan was like, you know, everybody loves him at the end of the game because you got to know him so well. This character, you're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just a, it's just a like th- a first person view. Like you see his arms and his feet, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish there was a little bit more of that. One thing. Uh, so in terms of recommendations for people uh speed will love it if, if they can figure out if you play on pc and you like speedrunning, there are hacks you can do to make it go faster you know you can you can challenge yourself to do things like you know stay out of the water or uh you know beat it within an hour or something um again not my style of gaming but i know that that's really popular with this game uh people that love crafting and survival will love this um it's huge crafting everything is based on crafting um, you need to collect the resources. You need to build, you know, the ships and and um, and the uh, modules for your base and everything needs resources. For survival, you have to eat. You have to drink. Yeah. Oxygen. You got to watch oxygen. Or, or very
1: realistic needs in this one. Like it declines actually quite quickly. You almost like it creeps up on you sometimes. It like does, how little yeah. food and how little water you have.
0: So one thing that this game has uh, that. I personally haven't tried yet but I want to is it as a hardcore mode where you get one life and there's no warnings that your oxygen is low and if you run out or you die some other way that's it it's over Um, I want to play that way because it sounds more it's it sounds more like I can go back to the first time I played it and getting that sense of like I'm afraid of everything again
1: yeah Uh, because now
0: (laughs) because now I know what's coming I'm, I'm less afraid of the environment but it, it brings back that challenge of, of, like, okay, I have one life, you know? Um, so that's that's kind of cool, and I would like to do that. Hopefully that, that touches on all your questions. I think in terms of, of games, this is one of my favorites. This is why I wanted to review it. Um, I've really enjoyed playing it. I bought the second game, Subnautica Below Zero. Um, maybe I'll do a series on that coming up soon it recently came out this year 2021 i think there's also a hardcore mode there as well one thing about below zero is there is a um another thing you have to monitor in the game uh there is a um a temperature thing so if if you're out of the water you start to get cold your body core temperature uh goes down and you can go hypothermic so for some reason you know the water you don't get hypothermia in the water somehow (laughs) i don't know why you get it on land but not in the water and literally like it's ice but anyway um so to warm up you have to like jump in the water again so so that's another thing that, that they have to monitor um and i thought that was really cool so yeah for people looking for survival and crafting games for exploration not so much worried about storytelling um freedom to to do whatever but at the same time like you know solve mysteries or discover clues um it's almost like an escape game but but the room that you're stuck on is a whole planet
1: so that's a really good way of putting it yeah it does feel like an escape room sometimes yeah
0: so i'll leave it at that i think (laughs) (laughs) do you guys have any final comments
1: And just for anyone that wants to pick this game up, like I know if you've listened to our conversation, we may have given you like little hints and stuff, but honestly, like it's a really, really fun first playthrough. I think if it clicks with you, it'll be fun to play it again or play in the hardcore mode, like Jesse said. However, it's really, really fun to just kind of jump in, have no idea what you're doing and just kind of grapple with it. And, you know, kind of the charm of this game, I think, is realizing that, you know, even though you may not be doing it at the most, like, efficacious speed, there's there's a lot to discover and a lot to learn about you know, what can you do and how can you do it and what can you find at different times. So uh, yeah, take your time with this one. It can be a lot of fun and it can be kind of frustrating at sometimes when you hit some walls of how do I get the rad suit? You know, how do I uh, get this better tool to make this quicker or to make this next vehicle? So uh, yeah, definitely take your time and, and just keep searching. You You'll find what you're looking for.
0: Thanks so much, guys, for joining me tonight to chat about Subnautica. I'm looking forward to having you back on in a couple weeks for the next game. To the audience, thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to support the podcast, please hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening today and download new episodes as they come out. And please follow my Twitch channel as well. Come say hi in the chat during streams at twitch.tv slash justjessied to help me hit affiliate. Your support means that I can buy more open world and RPG games and keep making episodes about in-game ecology. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to catch you next time. Podcast art is by Lara LeBlanc. Theme music is called Rain Song by Brett Eagleston. And you can hear more of his music at eagleston.bandcamp.com.